Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. As you hear from our readings today, there is a running theme through all of them. Forgiveness. So pay attention closely to how all three readings talk about forgiveness and how it is supposed to be shared for one faithful person of God to the next. So here the Old Testament reading for this Sunday after Pentecost is from Genesis chapter 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle this day is from Romans chapter 14. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. But not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes that he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld. For the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind that one who observes the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this the end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we all will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. This is the word of the Lord. I invite the congregation to please rise as we join in singing 
Alleluia and verse. Alleluia. 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 The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell to his on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And I have pity for him. The master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred, a hundred denarii and seizing him. He began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until the debt should be paid. When his fellow servants saw that what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave all the debt because you pleaded with me. And you should not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the gospel of our Lord. from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Peter asked the question, and Jesus told the parable. Not a big surprise there. Jesus often answered questions with a story that teaches rather than just a simple statement. So what's the question? Well, it actually is a follow-up to what Jesus has just been teaching the disciples a moment ago. I know, for us it was a week ago, but not for them. Jesus had just given them a lot to process what our, old, our gospel reading was last week. Jesus had taught them that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who is the most helpful, or excuse me, helpless, the one who is the most needy, and even the one who's the most lost. And then Jesus showed them that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who's gone astray in his sin and is in need of repentance and forgiveness. Go to him, Jesus says. Care for him, Jesus says. Restore him to the fold. 
It might take a few tries. You might need to take witnesses with you. And he might stubbornly refuse to admit that he's gone astray. But you go to him. And if he repents, you pour out that forgiving love like the healing balm that it is. And you welcome him back with great joy. The great joy of God. It's a lot to take in. I mean, you guys, you've been hearing it off and on throughout your entire lives. Can you imagine hearing all of that for the first time and trying to process what it all means, especially since it's so startlingly different than how we naturally think? It's a lot to take in. But we need to understand how this is God's great joy and His great desire that He not lose one of these little ones. Okay, so Jesus. Sort of trying to wrap my head around all this. I just want to check. How often does this need to take place? How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Now, first off, let's give Peter some credit here. Peter is being very generous. The rabbis of his day said three was the limit. So Peter does them better. He doubles that, adds one. So good for you, Peter. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. You're learning. And I mean, this offer of forgiving seven times is extremely generous. You know, especially for our culture also. I mean, we do the rabbis one less, don't we? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, we ought to learn our lesson about the person the first time around. And, you know, most certainly at least the second time around. But after that, you are just a naive fool. But like usual, then, Jesus gets totally illogical, totally irrational with the forgiveness requirements as he tells this parable. A servant who has a debt that's much more like a national debt rather than a personal debt. A king. A king who in mercy simply wipes 60 million days of labor off the accounts book. And then that same servant, showing no mercy in demanding payment for a much smaller debt. I mean, a debt that is literally 60,000 times smaller than the one that's just been forgiven him. And beyond that, he is unmoved by the exact same words that he said to the king. You know, Jesus is using some natural storytelling thing, so it actually is not much of a surprise when the story ends, when the king finds out about this heartless reaction of the servant. Even as the king had been moved by compassion, so now he is moved by his anger. And how totally and completely 
unaffected. This wicked servant was by his master's generosity. There will be hell to pay for that servant. But then we get to the zinger of all zingers. So also, my Heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Absolutely not. This this is the damning law of the Lord. This, this word from Jesus has one purpose and one purpose alone. To shatter our cold, merciless, logical, rational hearts of stone. I must forgive far more generously than is reasonable if I want to avoid everlasting agony. There is no wiggle room. And there is no limit. Forgiveness once, maybe. Forgiveness twice, mm, that's stretching it. Forgiveness seven times, Whew, you're awesome. But that's not the case for the disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus is absolutely emphatic. 77 times, or as most of us grew up with the King James, 70 times 7. 70 times 7 is the amount of forgiveness given to one brother. That is totally illogical. It is totally irrational amount of forgiveness that we're supposed to display. And worse, it's to be from the heart. It's not just words. It is full-fledged, to the core, forgiveness. It's just not possible. Us being who we are, it's just not possible. We don't have it in us. Our memories, our emotions, uh, the way we feel attacked, the way we are so disturbed by somebody else's sin, with us, it is impossible. And if it is impossible, then Jesus' words ought to come true. So it is with every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. And it is impossible for us. Which is why we rejoice that with all things, God with all things are possible. You see, because when we hear these words, and we, when we recognize how much 
animosity, how much anger, how much trouble, how much memories we hold on with certain sins and what people have done to us. We now, hearing these words of God, these words of Jesus, we find ourselves to be the ones who are the neediest. The ones who are the most helpless. And certainly the ones that are most dependent. Because we are, through and through, totally dependent on the mercy of our King. And the good news is that we are the beneficiaries of the generous forgiveness and mercy and grace that the King has for us. And we rejoice as we get together time after time after time. And we hear the good and the great news that the debt of your sin has been forgiven. It's been wiped away. You are forgiven. And we gather again, time and again, to receive that very forgiveness into our very bodies as we receive Jesus Christ, the work of His salvation for us, the forgiveness He won for us in His Supper. The act of us forgiving and letting go of the bitterness and the anger, the hatred, the vengeance, the, all the other emotions and memories that go with someone sinning against us, it all begins with the merciful King who in loving kindness sent His only Son into the world to win the forgiveness of sins for all people by His life, by His death, and by His resurrection. And the very good news is we are to recognize ourselves as those who have been forgiven. And we are to recognize that it also means that it includes all those who have sinned against us. We see this flowing, this flowing of this forgiveness from God to others in the life of Joseph. We can't forgive others on our own strength the way God forgives us. We're sinners. We recognize our great need. We recognize our great helplessness. But we also recognize that because of who we are, we don't have an inherent right to judge or to withhold forgiveness from others. Joseph, his brothers, sold him into slavery, dragged him off into a foreign land. He suffered a lot of injuries and injustices as a direct result of their evil behaviors. But so many years later, Joseph has risen to power. He meets his brothers again. He is in the position. He has the human right, actually, to execute judgment and to demand retribution. But instead, he serves as a wonderful ambassador of reconciliation. He proclaims the wonderful acts of God by forgiving his brothers. Even, 
even when they lie to him in order to try to get him to be sympathetic. But Joseph recognized. Did you hear those words? Am I in the place of God? If God has forgiven sins, and He has in Christ, who am I to withhold forgiveness? But there's one more phrase in Jesus' words that are literally devilish. How can I know if I've forgiven from my heart with my whole being? I say it's devilish because that's the question the devil loves to use to drive our conscience into further despair. How do I know when I still remember the sin, when I still feel the anger, how do I know? There's only one thing we can do with that. We don't try to rationalize it away. We don't try to say, well, it's only human. We take that to the cross as well. Not to get too caught up in the language of it all, but the word of forgiveness is simply Another word, it means really release. It's letting it go. In Christ, we are called to let go of other sins against us. But what happens when our emotions aren't on track with that? What happens when we just can't forget about it? Well, we recognize and we confess, Lord, there is still trouble in my heart. Lord, I forgive. Help my unforgiving heart. It's an opportunity for us to again acknowledge how needy and how dependent we are on the mercy of God. To have it flow to us again. And then from us to those around us for whom Jesus also died. How is the illogical, irrational forgiveness that Jesus calls us to even possible? If you guys would advance the slide, and hopefully it works. Only one way. By taking it to the cross. Receiving again and again the forgiveness we need and praying for the strength to pass it on to others so that they too may know the great joy of having the debt canceled. Amen. May the peace of God found totally and completely in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, your Savior, strengthen your hearts and minds, keeping you in Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.